You're listening to Life in the A-Zone podcast. I'm Peggy Sweeney McDonald, and these are my stories of moving back to my hometown in Louisiana after 36 years to live with my father and mother when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. These lessons of love, laughter, life, and loss are gifts of living in the A-Zone, and I'm honored to share them with you. If this is your first time here, begin the journey with Episode 1 and go forward. Thank you for joining me today. Let's take a girl's road trip with our mother, Stephanie says to me, as we are eating lunch with Mom, Dad, and her mother, who we have always called Aunt Rita. We are sitting in a large booth at City Cafe, our local neighborhood joint, eating shrimp po'boys and grilled oysters. Stephanie and Aunt Rita have driven over to Baton Rouge from New Orleans to visit us for the day. Aunt Rita is Mom's oldest and best friend. They both attended Catholic school from K through 12 and have known each other since grade school. They lived in the Irish Channel of New Orleans and were next-door neighbors in the St. Thomas, a housing project built during the 30s for low-income families. Each two-story unit had three small bedrooms on the second floor with a porch and a fenced-in backyard. The buildings were surrounded by a large green space. Their mothers were good friends and would sit on their front porches for hours. I remember going to see my grandparents there as a very small child. We would pick up acorns and make forts in the bushes around the buildings. Everyone knew each other. It was a community of Irish, Italian, and Cajun blue-collar families. For as long as I can remember, Aunt Rita and Stephanie have been part of our family. Stephanie is one year older than me and is my mother's goddaughter. She was always pretty, smart, athletic, and fun-loving. My mother adored her, and she was the big sister I never had. Every summer, she would spend a week with us. We would stay up late, bonding over our Barbies, books, and records. She's always made my mother feel extra special with gifts for all occasions, phone calls, greeting cards, and visits. Now that Mom has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, Stephanie has made a real effort to bring her mother here for regular visits. Aunt Rita and her late husband, Uncle Rock, raised their six kids in uptown New Orleans. She has a dry sense of humor, a colorful personality, and tells you like it is. Together, Mom and Aunt Rita are quite the pair. Spending time with them is always filled with lots of laughs and stories. They had a great group of childhood friends that included Barbara and sisters Althea and Nett. Althea and Nett are now gone, and Barbara lives in Missouri. The stories of their crazy escapades growing up in New Orleans could fill a book. Where should we go on our girls' weekend? I asked Stephanie. And we brainstorm places while Aunt Rita and Mom chit-chat with Dad. Well, Aunt Rita and Dad chit-chat. Mom is awfully quiet these days in social situations. What about Natchez? Stephanie suggests. Perfect, I reply, and suggest places to stay and fun things to do there. The next month, Stephanie and Aunt Rita drive to Baton Rouge to spend the night with us on Friday night. 
Our plan is to head out to Natchez, Mississippi, a 90-mile drive from Baton Rouge, at 10 o'clock on Saturday. We have reservations for two double rooms at the Natchez Grand Hotel, overlooking the Mississippi River, but no other set plans. Last year, I hosted a cultural weekend tour to Natchez with a busload of retired couples, including my parents. So I have a list of things we can do. My friend Regina Charbonneau, a famous chef and cookbook author, lives in Natchez and has a fabulous new restaurant, King's Tavern, that I want to try. I help Mom pack early Saturday morning, and she seems excited about the girls' weekend. Stephanie drives, and I sit in the front seat with her. Mom and Aunt Reed are in the back with magazines, a Trader Joe's bag of snacks, and a small ice chest of bottled water. Where are we going? Mom asks as we pull into the I-10 heading towards Mississippi. Natchez, Aunt Rita replies. Oh, I forgot. That's right, Mom says, embarrassed she forgot. We exit I-10 onto State Highway 61 right past the Baton Rouge Airport, and soon we're driving through the Tunica Hills area of Louisiana, passing plantations and the quaint town of St. Francisville before crossing into Mississippi. We discuss lunch options, and I suggest pig-out barbecue or mama's tamales and natchez. This triggers my mom's memory. I remember going with my dad on the streetcar to buy tamales from the tamale man. He would stand every afternoon on the corner of St. Charles and Napoleon Avenue with his cart. He would wrap a dozen tamales in newspaper, and they would still be warm when we got home. We would each get three tamales, but it was never enough. I could eat a dozen myself, she says, and laughs. <laughs> we all laugh along with her relishing in the fact that she is talkative and sharing her memories. I remember those tamales as a kid, Mom. Remember when I brought those wonderful tamales home from Los Angeles, I said? Yes, those were the best, she replied. I'm surprised she remembers. A work friend in L.A. made them with her family every year for Christmas, and she would take orders, a dollar a tamale. I ordered four dozen, froze them, and wrapped them up in newspaper and stuck them in a large Ziploc plastic bag, then placed them in my suitcase between sweaters and scarves as we flew home to Louisiana for the holidays. They were still frozen when we arrived in Baton Rouge. The next night, my sisters and their families all came over to Mom and Dad's house, I cooked a big pot of chili to serve with tamales. I changed jobs the next spring, so unfortunately, tamale night didn't become a Sweeney holiday food tradition. A few years later, my friends Scott and Steve brought some tamales back to Los Angeles from their family Christmas vacation. Scott's mom grew up in Mexico, so every year they make tamales with his aunts. My parents were coming in to visit us that year, the day after Christmas, and Scott invited us over for tamales. I told Scott that Mom and I would make a big pot of chili to go with his mom's tamales. I have never eaten tamales with chili, he said. Well, you have no idea what you're missing. Tamales with homemade chili, grated cheese, and a dollop of sour cream on top is one of my all-time favorite meals, I told him. Sure enough, they loved it. Now I want some tamales, Mom says. Me too, Aunt Rita chimes in, and we all laugh. <laughs> what is that? 
Aunt Rita asks as we pass a large pink building that looks like a woman in a long dress. Oh, that's a famous diner. I've never been there, I reply. Well, maybe we should go there for lunch, Stephanie says. Sounds great. I've always wanted to stop there, I say, and she makes a U-turn and we pull into the driveway. This is cute, Mom says. What is it? It's a cafe, Mom. The front door is the bottom of the skirt of her dress. Now that takes the cake, Aunt Rita says. This is a great idea. It's a little early for lunch, but it smells great, Stephanie says as we walk through the front entrance, which has a gift shop selling jars of homemade jams and jellies and mason jars. Y'all can sit wherever you would like, darling. A sassy waitress holding a tray with dessert plates of delicious-looking pies stops and tells us. We find a table for four in the middle of the dining room, and the waitress comes over to hand us menus. Stephanie has a huge sweet tooth. So she goes directly to the dessert section in the back to peruse the pie selection. Did y'all see the pie? We will definitely get pie for dessert, she announces. Mom, Aunt Rita, and I order chicken salad sandwiches with a cup of homemade chicken noodle soup. Stephanie orders a grilled chicken salad, saving her calories since she wants pie. We argue over which type of pie we should get since there are eight different homemade pies on the menu. What kind of pie did you get? Aunt Rita asked the couple at the next table. Lemon meringue and pecan. Both were great, the woman says. We should all get a different slice to share, Stephanie says. No, that's crazy. Let's just get two slices and split, as we'll be eating at Chef Regina's restaurant tonight, and you will definitely want her dessert. Plus, we have to go get Darby's fudge, I say. Fudge? You didn't tell me about the fudge, Stephanie exclaims. We settle on a slice of lemon meringue and a slice of chocolate pie. The waitress brings us delicious sweet tea with lemon and then our lunch, but we can't wait to get to the pie. I have to go to the bathroom, Mom says. I need to go too, Aunt Rita says, and off they go. Nanny seems good today. She doesn't have that blank look this morning, Stephanie says to me. I haven't seen Mom this animated in weeks. It's because y'all are here. Thanks for making this happen, Stephanie. She needs her friends. She needs your mom and you. Peggy, come here, Aunt Rita calls me from the bathroom hallway. Oh, no, I think this can't be good. I jump up and head to the bathroom. They are both laughing as the ladies' bathroom is a single bathroom with two toilets sitting side by side with no divider. Friends who pee together, stay together, I say, and we all howl with laughter. I head back to the table to get my iPhone to snap a picture of them standing in the bathroom with the two toilets. They are like little girls giggling over a secret joke, and I have to capture this moment. Back at our table, the pie has arrived. Stephanie is already taking a bite. What's going on back there, she says. She and everyone else in the diner heard us laughing. I give her the scoop and take my phone out of my purse. Go see and take a picture, I say, as I hand her my phone. She leaves and I sit and take a big bite of the chocolate pie. Delish. Stephanie comes back with both of them trailing behind her laughing. 
I'm now eating a big bite of the lemon meringue pie. Y'all better sit down and eat some pie while you can. I say. You weren't supposed to start dessert without us, Aunt Rita says. They sit and join me as we attack the pie with great gusto. We fight for the last few bites and then the last crumbs. Best pie ever, I announce. Do you want to lick the plate, Mom asks, and we all laugh. We should stop by here on the way back tomorrow and get some pies to take home. Stephanie says, "It's not open on Sunday." I say, "Damn," she replies. Y'all didn't like that, did you? The waitress says as she hands us the bill and clears the table. No, we hated it. Mom jokes, smiling at the waitress. Stephanie grabs the check. My treat. I missed your birthday, Nanny. She tells Mom. So this is your birthday lunch. She's always so generous, and always seems to be treating us. We stop in the gift shop, of course, before heading to the car. Mom and I buy a jar of local honey. We pull out of the parking lot, still laughing about the bathroom with the two toilets. Mom is glowing with delight. Aunt Rita and Stephanie are a shot in the arm for both of us. It feels so good to be having fun again. We are only ten miles from Natchez, so I pull up the GPS on my phone, find our way to downtown Natchez. Let's stop first at Darby's on Main Street, and I direct Stephanie once we get into the Natchez city limits. I point out Mama's tamales in the Pig Out Barbecue restaurants where we almost had lunch. I'm glad we ate at our cute place, Aunt Rita says. Where? Mom asks. The cupboard, Mom. The cute little diner where we just had lunch and the great pies. I say, I didn't go there. She says. Stephanie and I look at each other. Well, we can take you next time, Nanny. Stephanie tells her. Yes, next time, Sherry. Aunt Rita repeats, and the car falls silent. This is a silence I have become very familiar with. A silence that seeps into my bones, calcifying with the reality that I am not willing or ready to accept. It's always interesting to watch family and friends finally get the reality of Mom's Alzheimer's. Everyone has been in denial, even after learning of her official diagnosis. I know what is going through their minds, and I feel for them. It's sad, and it's not easy to process emotionally. I look over at Stephanie, and she has tears rolling down her face. This town is so cute, Aunt Rita says, as we pass block after block of colorful Victorian homes and make our way downtown. Within minutes, we are pulling in front of Darby's gift shop. I'm grateful for the distraction, and I know that a dip into Darby's will put a smile on our faces. This is a fabulous gift shop owned by Darby and her husband. The store is the heart and pulse of downtown Natchez. Originally, they made and sold crafts at festivals, and then opened their own store, which has continued to expand throughout the years. The gift shop is two stories of a beautiful historical building filled with everything you can imagine and more. From floor to ceiling, there is clothing, candles, wreaths, jewelry, shoes, gifts, cookware. Bottles of flavorings, seasonings, jams, cookbooks, flags, decorative signs, Christmas ornaments, and more. But the main focus is their homemade fudge that greets you as you step into the door with its delicious smell. 
Flavor after mouth-watering flavor is displayed behind a sparkling glass counter in front of the cash register. Behind the cash register is another counter with a huge mixing bowl. And if you time it right, there is usually someone making a giant batch of fudge right in front of you. They ship it year-round across the globe, and sales are huge during the holidays. Once you have Darby's fudge, you won't want to buy it from anywhere else. It's the best fudge ever, the real deal. Within minutes, Mom and Aunt Rita stand at the counter sampling the flavors on tiny tasting spoons. This is delicious. I want to get some for Dad. Mom says as she samples the Butterfinger flavor. Try this one. It's cookies and cream. Aunt Rita says as she sticks out her tiny spoon for Mom to taste. My favorite is the pumpkin spice. Which kind do you think Dad would like? I ask Mom as I stand there licking my pumpkin sample off my little mini spoon. I request another sample from the sweet young girl behind the counter. She hands me another spoon with my other favorite peanut butter with a layer of chocolate on top. Stephanie, come try this. I say, knowing she loves chocolate. I'm still full from the pie, she says, laughing. But then tries it and then asks to try the praline flavor. We all ooh and ah over the fudge, then meander our way through the store. I find some cute earrings and a fun red tunic top that will be perfect for Christmas afternoon with my red cowboy boots. Darby soon walks in. I hug her and introduce her to them. She is lovely and welcoming. A transplant originally from Texas. Mom leans down to pet Bud, their black lab. He is a store mascot and always sits by the front door. He's so cute. I'm tired, she says. All right, we're leaving. Let's go check into the hotel. I say. Aunt Rita heads out the door with Mom following. Both of them have their little red and gold Darby's fudge boxes tied with a gold ribbon in their hands. We all pile into the car and head down the street to the Grand Hotel. Unfortunately, we aren't able to get adjoining rooms, but we are down the hall from each other. Do you want to go for a walk? Stephanie asks me as we get off the elevator and walk down the hall to our rooms. My mom can come down and stay with yours. She whispers, knowing I can't leave mom alone. Once in our room, mom goes to the bathroom while I change into sweats and sneakers. The weather is sunny and crisp. A perfect fall day. I'm excited to show Stephanie the walk along the bluffs overlooking the Mississippi River. Where's Dad? I want to give him his fudge. Mom says as she comes out of the bathroom. He's at home in Baton Rouge, Mom. Well, can't we go see him? No, Mom. We are spending the night here. We will see him tomorrow when we go home. She looks sad, lost, and it breaks my heart. I miss him. She says, looking like she's going to cry. I pull out my cell phone and call my dad. Dad, Mom wants to talk to you, and I hand her the phone. Where are you? She asks him. I'm home working. Y'all have a good time, he says. Yes, I bought you some fudge. I love you. Bye. And she hands the phone to me as Aunt Rita and Stephanie. Knock on the door. I tell Dad we will call him later. 
Mom and Aunt Rita lay back on the two double beds, and Aunt Rita turns the TV on. Stephanie and I head out the door for our walk. Y'all have a good time. We will be fine, Aunt Rita says. We walk along the gorgeous bluff path. We are grateful to be alone and to catch up without our mothers. Stephanie and I grew up together, so we've always been close. We call ourselves cousins, like most people in the South do, for good family friends. The charm of Natchez never gets old. It's their off-season, so it's quiet. We walk over to the stately Rosalie Plantation and then down the inclined street to the under-the-river area of Natchez, which has several restaurants, including the famous Magnolia Cafe. We then walk back up through downtown. The buildings are old and beautiful. She fills me in on her husband, Chuck, and her grown son, Wayne. I tell her the latest of Mom and how it's affecting Dad and me. I tell her how strong Jimmy is for me. And it's getting harder and harder for all of us. I'm not built to be a caregiver. I'm no good at this. I have no patience. You are doing the best you can, Peg. I know it's hard. I can't believe she's slipping away like this. She seems so confused and not like the nanny I know. I think this trip is good for her, though, being with Mom. I'm glad we did this, Stephanie tells me. The trip is good for me, too. I can't believe we haven't done this before, I say, hugging her. Maybe we can do another trip in the spring, she says. Maybe. I hope so. But I know deep down, this is the first and last girls' trip we will ever do with our moms. Earlier in the hotel room, I realized how hard it is to travel with mom. She is not comfortable without dad, even though she fights with him constantly at home. We stand looking out at the Mississippi River and the bridge that crosses over to Vidalia, Louisiana, as the sun begins to go down slowly. The color of the mighty Mississippi is dark and muddy, but with the sun glistening on it, the river is magnificent. Our dinner at King's Tavern that night is a treat. It is the oldest standing building in Mississippi and is reported to be haunted. My dear friend Regina and her husband Doug own the restaurant and the Charbonneau rum distillery next door. Their youngest son, Jean-Luc, is bartending that night and tells me his parents will be there soon. The restaurant is rustic and we sit at a large wooden table with benches and order the most delicious appetizers salads, and Regina's famous brisket cooked over several days in an incredible sauce. It melts in your mouth. It is truly a culinary experience not to be missed. Regina and Doug arrive while we are eating and come to our table to greet us. I see her and jump up excitedly to hug them. They are gracious hosts. Regina sits with us and tells us the history of the restaurant she invites us to stop at her home the next day before we leave. They live in an old restored plantation. Jean-Luc comes over to our table to tell us the ghost stories of the place. They are enchanting. Mom, Aunt Rita, and Stephanie enjoy every minute. Mom is in good spirits. She loves everything. 
We all eat well and are sopping up every drop of the brisket gravy with Regina's world-famous biscuits. Seriously, Regina, I could eat just a bowl of your brisket gravy with your hot buttered biscuits. You are too kind, Peggy, she says graciously, and sends us her heavenly desserts, bread pudding and Natchez pecan pie. You can never go wrong with a meal from Chef Regina. Her cookbooks are page after page of great recipes and gorgeous pictures of tables laid out in her formal dining room, veranda, or back patio. Before we leave, we go upstairs to the restaurant gift shop and purchase her jams and jellies. Y'all want to go to the casino, I ask, as we get in the car? But everyone is tired, so we head back to our hotel rooms. Mom brushes her teeth and climbs into the bed with her clothes on. Mom, I packed your nightgown. That's okay. I'm more comfortable like this. I let it go tonight and call Dad so she can tell him good night. Did y'all have a good time? Sounds like y'all had a great dinner at Regina's restaurant. They are such nice people. His voice is deep and loud so I can hear him talking across the room when he's on the phone with her. It was wonderful. Where are you? She says, smiling. I'm home. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, Cherry. I love you. I turn the lights out and soon I hear my mom snoring lightly. Through thick and thin, Mom and Aunt Rita have been there for each other. They are my inspiration, my role model for friendship. They have nurtured their relationship through 75 years and I am blessed to witness their love for each other. The lifetime of memories will never die, etched in their hearts for eternity. Having Stephanie by my side warms my heart as I know I can rely on her and share my struggles. This girls' weekend was a special treat for all of us. As my mom's mind slowly fades away and I trudge through life in the A-zone, I will hang on to this lovely weekend. The smiles, the laughter, the shopping, the wonderful dinner, and the crazy cafe lunch. Remember, life is short. Eat the pie and savor the sweetness of every crumb of happiness with best friends. Thank you for joining me for Life in the A-Zone. Look for new episodes each Wednesday. Please share, subscribe, like, comment, and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To join my mailing list, go to lifeinthea-zone.com and check out my best-selling book, Meanwhile, back at Cafe Dumont, Life Stories About Food, at Amazon and Barnes & Noble.